Welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. Today we have our third part in our four-part series exploring between life regressions and past life regressions. Today we have Michelle Brock on the podcast. Michelle is a New York City-based spiritual development life coach who specializes in past life regression. She is also an intuitive counselor, a psychic medium, a master hypnotist, and has studied spirituality, shamanism, meditation, astrology, and energy medicine techniques from many different world traditions. Based on her own experience, including discovering her own past lives and the spiritual journey that resulted, Michelle is an expert guide and a true mentor to anyone who wishes to discover more about their own true eternal nature and the spiritual journey over many lifetimes we are all on. Michelle is a featured author in the book, Miracles Happen, The Transformational Healing Power of Past Life Memories by Dr. Brian Weiss. Her work has been featured in several publications, including Well and Good, Yahoo, Mind Body Green, Elephant Journal, and Bustle. She was also featured in an interview on Comedy Central's hit show, Inside Amy Schumer, Amy Goes Deep with a Psychic. I'm excited to welcome Michelle Brock to the show today. Thank you for having me. Quite an, quite an impressive uh, resume there. Uh, thank you. I'm a little bit of a dabbler. You know, <laughs> you can tell the different world traditions and things, but um, yeah, and all things past lives. So today we're going to talk specifically about past lives. And can you just start off by describing to my listeners what exactly a past life regression is? Absolutely, yeah. It, past life regression is a technique that is designed to help someone uncover memories from their past lives that are embedded in their unconscious mind. So the term regression implies to go back to a time in the past. So past life regression is using hypnosis to uncover memories in your unconscious from your previous lifetimes. And how... Would that be useful to someone in terms of their healing and growth? Obviously, I'm a therapist, psychologist, trained in unconscious memories, but never really that go beyond this lifetime. Uh, and so how would I use that to help people? Well, besides the fact that it's obviously clearly interesting, a lot of people come in because they're just curious. Um, there are a lot of you know, very relevant, um, you know, applications for using this. Uh, one that just jumps to mind are phobias. I deal with a lot of people that have phobias that they can't, you know, track to an experience that they had in this life, in their current life. Um, so the idea is that the trauma occurred in a previous lifetime, but unconsciously they're carrying that in this life. Um, so like I, a fear of flying, which yeah. a lot of people have, but a lot of people don't have. How do you know if that's something that is in this lifetime just because of things that we hear versus a past life? Like, can you differentiate that beforehand or? Yes. Yeah, generally with, with when, I'm, when I'm questioning someone, it's not only how unconscious the trauma seems to be. When, it, when you can trace it to this lifetime, there, people will tell a story. Even if they can't remember something from their childhood, they can seem to kind of attach it to something or a, even a period in their life. 
where if it comes from a past life, nobody can even, you know, describe like at what point it showed up. They seem to be born with it. Or often it'll be something that will be triggered when they reach an age or a life event that they were in a previous life. So when it kind of shows up out of nowhere, that often can um, have, a, have a clue that it might have a root in a past life. Gotcha. Okay. And so beyond phobias, what else do you treat? And how, do, how can you take me sort of through what that process looks like? I mean, I know because I've done one. So, sure. yeah. Um, you know, but, obviously there's a lot of connotations around grief, death, and dying. Um, and that was kind of my, my foray into it, you know, was really trying to heal from the, the, the death of my mother that happened when I was just a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had, you know, all my grandparents passed when I was relatively young. I had a lot of death around me, mm-hmm. um, but just also just why do babies die? And some people live to be a hundred, you know, it just kind of didn't seem fair to me growing up. I always kind of had questions about that, about death and, and life purpose, life path. Um, I get a lot of people that are stuck at a crossroads in their career or, you know, like, you know, what are my skills or my gifts or what happened in a past life that might have created unconscious fears that might be holding me back from taking a risk or taking a leap or stepping forward, you know, into something new that they want to bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously relationships. <laughs> I think I get more questions about soulmates than almost anything else, right? Is my, is my husband my soulmate or is my wife my soulmate or when am I going to meet my soulmate, right? Um, and obviously we have many soulmates. The idea that we have just one is a complete and total myth, but, you know, Delving into a past life story behind a relationship will help you navigate that relationship a little more consciously because you're kind of looking at things that might trigger you or trigger your partner or is there someone out there for me? Maybe you'll see someone that you were with before in a past life and you're kind of like, okay, I know that the energy of that person or the feeling of being with that soulmate is is what I'm looking for. Um, You know, there are physical symptoms that people experience. Um, and I, I would even say too, like generalized anxiety. I see that on probably more of my intake forms with my clients than almost anything else. Like I'm anxious, but I don't know where it comes from, right? And people um, who have tried sort of traditional cognitive behavioral therapy, things like that. For without, years. Yeah, without success. Yeah, yeah. because it comes from another time in another place and and they can't quite access that but unconsciously it's informing them right you know mm-hmm. the, the the carl jung quote to make the unconscious conscious or otherwise it'll rule your life you know that's the premise that this work is based on um obviously there's also a huge spiritual component to it as well you know kind of connecting with the idea that you are not your body that you are actually an immortal soul who's lived before and will live again, I think is very, not only profound for people, but can be very deeply healing for people who kind of suffer from feeling that sense of being disconnected from source. So, um, you know, and I, I could go on and on and on about the, the applications. A lot of people come to me and they're not even sure what they're going to explore but their unconscious mind always gives them something that is relevant. They kind of like be like, "Oh yeah, I was dealing with 
you know, fears around relationships or I do suffer from depression in the winter or, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I told you before we got on today that I had had a, a recent regression Yeah, and that what came, which is going to be part of this four part series, your part three. Right. Um, and, and certainly, you know, I went into it with really no specific reason. I just wanted to experience what it was like and what came up was, was extremely powerful and, and relevant to issues that you were dealing right yeah. exactly and that was the part i mean i guess so can you explain what happens when someone experiences a past life regression so like what's the process that you take them through sure i use guided imagery and the technique is called progressive relaxation which is exactly what it sounds like i help people you know through using their imagination i have them imagine a light i have them imagine stairs and i'm basically just getting them to relax a little bit more than they might usually be relaxed right in a in a conversational setting but not so relaxed that they're going to fall asleep mm -hmm. so the idea is to kind of induce that state that you know people are familiar with uh, associated with something called a lucid dream Mm -hmm. You're not really asleep. You're not really awake. You know you're having a dream and there's an awareness that you're present, but yet your unconscious mind is giving you images. So for some people, that's right under the surface. They can just close their eyes and take a deep breath and they're in that place. Other people require a little more time. You know, I work with New Yorkers and the, the joke is always that, that people come in a little more tightly wound <laughs> after being on the subway, you know, than, than in other places. But, you know... The idea is to open your mind and your connect with your unconscious and then specifically, you know, asking to guide them to images that are related to their previous lives. So, so how can you, how do you know when you're in a regression if what you're experiencing is an actual regression hmm. or just your imagination does it not matter? I mean, I know when I was walking through, I did the between life soul regression with um, Robert Schwartz and I was, he, it was the, a long process. I think it was 45 minutes to an hour before we even got to the actual past life portion of it. Yeah. And part of my mind the whole time was thinking, I'm never going to get there. I'm not going to be in a past life. And I've had regressions before this one, but I, I think this isn't going to work for me. And then when I got kind of spit out of this tunnel, which was the experience of how he gets you there, yeah, there I was. So, but, but I still think there's a part of me that was, found it so profound because there was a lot of emotions connected to it, but also questioning, is it my imagination? Totally. And, and, and particularly for you, because you're a therapist, it's going to be a little more intellectual for you than it would be for, for some other people. And, you know, as far as your initial question, does it matter? According to my mentor, Brian Weiss, who is an MD psychiatrist, he says, who cares? If you made up a story, it's still true, right? From a, a cognitive behavioral therapy point of view. Right. I happen to believe they're really people's past lives. And it's based on experiences that I've had myself and seen other people have. But when, to me, the biggest clue that you're experiencing something that is memory or something that you're carrying with you energetically 
from your past life, which are generally emotions. We have these emotional reactions and they become energy. Those are the things that we bring with us in our energy body from a past life into this life. Uh, uh, something that's fantasy or projection or something that you saw in a film or read in a book and an actual memory, in my opinion, has a different emotional quality. So some people leave and they say, how do I know I didn't make that whole thing up? I'm like, but you're crying. <laughs> yeah. And that to me was actually the, the, dead, the dead giveaway. Like, Totally. It I, feels like something. Yeah. I couldn't believe that I was watching this, what seemed like a movie that I was in. Yeah. But there was so much intense emotion around it. And the right. tears just felt like they came out of nowhere. And the reality of that situation was so incredibly powerful. Wow. And then I, I was thinking, well, of course this is real. Yeah. But then I think when you step out of it, like, and I tell people all the time when they have these intense spiritual experiences, you will finish it and then you will start doubting it, right? Because our mind kicks in. And I think that that's uh, like disconnection from talking about these things in such a, a normal, practical way. Like people that have someone died and then someone visited them after they die or you know, I have a, a, a son who is a very vivid dreamer and he'll say, mom, you know, I had that dream again. You know, the one where I'm like an Asian girl in the dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, well, that's probably a past life, buddy. And he's like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about these things practically in, in this culture. So it does become this kind of, wow, that's really weird. Did this happen to me? But yet most people feel a profound sense of relief and release after a past life regression. Like there was something that you carried that you were able to just put down. And did you feel that when that happened? Like that was just, nobody feels worse after a passive regression. Most no. Better, right? I, I definitely felt like, ah, okay, this makes sense. And I, yeah. I mean, I, I've been living kind of with this mindset for a while. And your mentor, Brian, Dr. Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss, was the first, my soiree into all of this when I read Many Lives, Many Masters when I was 18 years old and was thought, hmm, there's some, there might be something to this. That book is so powerful. And I, I don't, I think it's, I think it's translated in like 42 languages worldwide. And it is because it's just so genuine. And he's a genuine person. I, I absolutely adore him. But it's just like, well, I didn't know what was going on either, but this is what happened to this woman and she got better. Her symptoms got better. And that was really what mattered. Right. And so for me, there was no symptoms per se. It was just something that I know that I was working through, mm. certainly thinking about why is this happening? Why am I responding this way? Why? I mean, a lot of it had to do, frankly, with my podcast and putting myself out there yeah. and wondering why it had been taken me so long to be comfortable with. And, and I'm, my mind automatically is forming hundreds of different past life stories that could, you know, being someone who's a healer or, or speaking these sort of spiritual truths has historically not been, depending on what culture you're in, right? But in, in our Western civilization, uh, certainly doesn't always go so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my other question is, when you do multiple regressions, mm -hmm. do you ever go back to that same life in a regression? Or is it always different, li different lives? 
you different. know, 99% of the time it's, it's different lives. The only time people go back to that same past life and, and also too, the fact that you've experienced a regression probably, probably helps me describe this is that it's a snapshot. It's a moment in time. And when you think about just in this life, in, in, you know, in, in my 40 some years that I've been on this planet, there's a million and one snapshots and moments of time. So going back to the same past life, you might go to a different moment in that past life. If you go back to the exact same one, it means we missed what we were supposed to get the first time, that there's something unresolved. That just tells me that they, there was something they either were avoiding. Um, that happens very rarely, very, very rarely, at, at least with me. I, I like to get what we came there for, right? Mm -hmm. What does this mean? How does it relate? Let's pull that up and let's get rid of it. And then you don't need to go back to that same time. And is there a processing component afterwards? You know, as a therapist, obviously, I'm a big talker, processor. Yeah. But what has, so they, I experienced this past life. I have the ability to process things because it's what I've been doing for years and was in therapy for a really long time and have done a lot of spiritual work as well. Where does that component come in? Particularly, I wonder for people who have experienced significant trauma. You know, we spend years processing trauma that occurred in this life. Yeah. So 100%. does it require that for a past life? In my opinion, it does. And in fact, there's nothing that drives me crazier than when I meet someone who says, oh, I did a past life regression once. It was really weird. I don't know what it means. I'm like, well, nobody helped you figure out what it means? Like, what was the point of doing it? So the way that my process works is that we spend some time, we set intentions, we discuss for a while, you know, what's going on in their life. You know, were there any traumas in this life that I need to know about that might have echoes in a, in a past life. And we really, really go through and, and, you know, this is my process as a life coach. I want to know what are you looking to change or shift or bring in or let go of? And then we do the past life regression. And as part of that, there is a spiritual regression too. So there's, I guide people through the process of their death in a past life. And then we experience that being beyond the body between lives state and there's some processing that happens in that state. I always ask them in that state, what was the lesson you learned from living that past life that's most important for you to know today? And mm. the reason I wait until they're in that spiritual state to ask that question is because people tend to be a little wiser, a little aware of their journey over many lifetimes, even by remembering being in spirit form. So we start there and then after we finish the regression, you know, we talk about it. We pull some threads. Um, I encourage my clients to journal, to allow this to be a process, an unraveling of, of different layers of yourself. And it's fascinating. People are fascinating. You know, like the, the right. that I would agree with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's my approach. I don't think it's just about like, wow, that was cool. That was like a weird historical movie that I happened to be in. To me, there's always some sort of, of, of processing and, you know, kind of sitting with it, letting it go and, and connecting the dots. That's the most important part. Mm -hmm. And how long does, do your regressions typically take or do people, is it normally part of like a coaching process? And yeah, my, my, my coaching sessions are about two hours long and we okay. generally will spend that entire first hour talking about stuff that happened in their life. 
If it's someone that I already know, we'll talk about stuff that happened since the last regression because we want to kind of shake the snow globe. New, different things happened. Oh, you know, I, I broke up with that partner and now I have a new one and we want to talk about that. And then the actual hypnosis, the regression is about an hour, depending. I'm not going to pull anybody out of it because they're time's up. <laughs> right? right. Right. Which I know as a therapist, you probably like, you have to keep yes. in the middle of a deep share. So for I my like patients to- who are listening and, and yeah. know my, we have to stop right now. It's and like, it's not you your know. fault, but it's just what it is. Right. For, yeah. For something like this. So there needs to be completion. So I like people to reserve two, sometimes two and a half hours um, to do this, you know, and, but, but the actual past life is generally about 45 minutes. And is there, do we know, I mean, this is probably not the most intelligent question, but about how many lives we've experienced, like, is there a certain amount of time we have to not be in a physical body before we return no, this is to a, a physical body? This is a fascinating question. I love this question. So who knows how many lifetimes we've all had, but it's my opinion that for those of us who have chosen to reincarnate right now in 2019, bummer, probably had had more than one or two. Right. You know, and people say that to me all the time. I like, cause I say I live in New York city, which I find to be a challenging place to live spiritually, mentally, emotionally. You know, people are like, what if I never had a past life? I'm like, if you live in New York in 2019 and you've never been here before on earth, you're in the wrong place. (laughs) It's like grad school here. Right. So, as far as how many, um, it, it's hard to say, and I don't use the term old soul because I don't believe that age guarantees wisdom, right? Well, and I went to one of Brian's workshops and he said, he totally flipped that on his head. I think he said something along the lines of maybe it's really like the news, like if you're an old soul, it might mean you're not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> so you just keep coming keep back. Coming back. And it's like, you keep learning the same lessons. That's right. exactly right. I use the term evolved soul. Because evolved kind of implies that we got the lessons that we reincarnated to learn and we kind of use them to grow and kind of step into, you know, a more loving spiritual state. Um, But, you know, I've had people recall past lives that were ancient. And and I had one woman who had a almost prehistoric past life. She seemed to be some sort of homo species that wasn't homo sapien. So maybe like Homo erectus or something like that. And I, I, her specific intention was to explore her connection with her husband. And so they were like Homo erectus together. I'm like, honey, you guys have been together a long time, like a million years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was kind of related to her intention, that the fact that she was shown that. Um, but as far as your the second part of your question about the rate at which we spend time between lives. It depends. If there's some sort of trauma or um, an intentional death, suicide, you're going to come back right away. You're going to come back Mm. fast. Or if you're worried about someone that you love and you feel attached to that life still, you'll tend to want to jump into the next vessel available to help you reincarnate. I've found that that's the one exception to kind of the general... Uh, pattern that I've noticed. It seems that people who had past lives earlier, even this century, the average time, and and this is actually something I know that Brian Weiss agrees with me on, uh, the average time of waiting between lives is about 40 to 60 years. 
it seems to be more like 15 or 20 now, maybe even 10. Hmm. And I think that it's because there's just a lot of stuff going on here on planet Earth. There are a lot of opportunities for growth. It's just, it's a crazy time. And I think that also explains the, the population growth. Like just, I think more of us want to be here right now um, for the, 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 the next phase of evolution that we seem to be creating. That's kind of what I'm tracking from the work that I'm doing with past lives. Someone who had a past life 2,000 years ago might even spend 100 years on the other side before they decide to come back. But somebody who passed in 1960 could very easily be reborn in 1970 or 1971. And so that brings up this notion of time and connection to past lives. And are there really past lives or are lives simultaneously happening? And do I mean, I've heard of people who do future life progression. Yeah. And the future life uh, progressions, come up occasionally in my sessions with people. And it's interesting because I don't believe the future is determined. I think we're actively creating the future with our mm-hmm. choices. When that happens, it's like, here's a possible future or here's a new future that you just created based on what you just let go from your past, right? Um, but I think it's really interesting that, uh, and I- I'm kind of a nerd with this stuff. I read a lot of quantum physics and things like that. that yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, things that mystics have been talking about for thousands of years, we're actually starting to prove are true, right? Multiple dimensions of reality all happening concurrently. Um, One of my Native American teachers talks about time, that time doesn't move like an arrow, but it actually moves like a wheel. And this is ancient, ancient Native American teachings that, that basically the past, present, and future are all happening concurrently. So what we're doing in a past life regression, in my opinion, is that we're tapping into a space that's within us, that's also outside of us, that is the realm of spirit. And that realm of spirit lays outside of time. That time doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So we have past lives as humans. So we experience time as humans, which is why we experience it as the past. But on a spiritual level, it's all part of our collective concurrent experience. Is that... That makes sense to me. No, no, because I mean, I always liken it. I think the simplest way that I often think about this is when I'm in meditation. And sometimes it seems like I've been in meditation for 45 minutes. And sometimes I've been in meditation for 45 minutes and it seems like five. Yeah. And that sort of distortion of time for me is always fascinating in terms of where your consciousness goes to create that distort that distortion. What you just brought up is is actually the number one thing that I mentioned when people after the regression they say, "Well, how do I know I was really in hypnosis or how do I know I was deep into it?" I always say, "What time do you think it is?" without looking at your clock. They always say, "Oh, it was only like 15 minutes where it was an hour and 15 minutes." And then mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, whoa. I did go somewhere because time moved in a different way." You know, and, and, you know, Kabbalah talks about this, that there were rabbis that could, could you know, exist outside of time and, and travel in, in four hours distance in 10 minutes. I mean, it, it's, it's a really interesting um, concept, but that mystics have been able to tap into that 
um, regular people haven't. Although maybe time travel, maybe that's like the future of our of our species. I know we're evolving. We're using more parts of our brain. We're using more things like telepathy. Who knows, right? But that's that's kind of my take on it. It's the past because it's a human experience, and we experience time as a human more like an arrow and less like a wheel. Right, right, which makes a whole lot of sense. And I some wish. people describe having two past lives that happened at the same time. And this is also something that my teacher Brian talks about too, that it's possible for a soul to split into two in order to get more experience kind of concurrently. So I've had to, some people are like, well, in the 1930s, I was a woman and I was a man at different parts of the world. Um, that's also something that's very common too. And people do that to kind of get more work done. Um, so you can split your soul and incarnate into two bodies simultaneously. Yes. <laughs> and what would that be called? <laughs> I mean, there's actually something, it's called a doppelganger. Have you heard this? Uh-uh. Oh, I see that everywhere yes, on earth yes. that somebody has, that I think that that's where they get this idea from. And it sounds freaky. I don't, I, if somebody else is doing some work on my behalf, somewhere else on my on my soul's behalf somewhere else in the world thank you do i want to meet them i'm not really sure <laughs> right you know that's kind of um but but i think that the idea is that anything's possible you know and that we the idea is that we come here specifically because we want to learn we want to have experiences because we're beings that learn by experience and and that we we plan what we're going to do beforehand and sometimes we decide that it would be better to kind of just get more work done in order to prepare us for, you know, a lifetime that's coming down the road. We have a, a, a bigger picture, bigger window view on our soul's journey over many lifetimes. And that to me is the biggest healing piece, I think, yeah. right? is that when you have that broad view, which isn't easy to get. You know, I think it's still hard because we're still humans in a human body with human emotions Yeah, that when we lose someone we love or you lost your mom at a young age, it's a hard thing to wrap your mind around the concept that, oh, this was supposed that I planned this Yeah, and it's okay because it doesn't feel okay. You know, the two most profound moments in my opinion, and, and I've watched thousands of people do this now. I've been doing this for a really long time. It's that first moment when they experience themselves, their consciousness, that who they call the, the I, in a different physical form. And it's even better when it's a different gender or a different ethnicity. They're like, wait a second. This is this who I thought I was. You know, there's like a, like a sledgehammer to the mirror of like, you know, who you thought you were. And then the second most profound moment is after they experience their death and then they realize that their consciousness is now separate from that body and that that consciousness can occupy uh, uh, that same level of consciousness without physical form. That's incredibly profound. And that experience alone changes people's lives, even without the story or without the, the healing or getting rid of a chronic illness that they had for years or, or whatever it is. Like it's, it's literally the most interesting and profound experience. I wish everyone in the world could <laughs> do it. I think it would change the way that we view ourselves, each other, you know, purpose, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Humanity. A uh, world peace, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So 
what would you say are just a couple takeaways from your work, from how we can continue to use what you do to evolve? Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest takeaway, and, and I'm actually working on a book about this, is, is really about equality. You know, like that idea that we are our bodies or we're our circumstances or, or we're our IQ. Um, I had a past life. My first past life experience was with, with Dr. Brian Weiss, and it's in his book, Miracles Happen, that you mentioned. I could feel I was a man, and I could feel that I wasn't very intelligent, which was just so strange because I, I, I pride myself in being well-read and educated in this life. And, you know, so the idea that like in some lives were wealthy, some lives were homeless, you know, black, white, rich, poor. I, I mean, I think that that's the most profound thing I've learned from watching so many people have this experience that our struggles are universal, although they might be individual for each lifetime. We're all working on different things in this particular classroom, in this particular school at this time, but, but yet the entire process is deeply universal. I think if everyone could understand that, there literally would be world peace. There would be no war. We would understand that our differences are only surface level, but our spirits are all connected. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up today, but if people are interested, because you do regress, you don't have to live in New York City. No, I right? do sessions via Skype. Um, you know, we can do phone sessions. Um, I have an online uh a few regressions that I put online. I, I try to make it as, as accessible for everyone. I, do, I literally do want everyone everywhere to have this experience. But if somebody wants to do a private session with me, you do not have to live in New York City. And they can find you at Michelle, Michelle with two L's dash Brock.com. Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Michelle, for your time today. It was Thank you. It's always fascinating. I'm, I feel so lucky that I get to talk to all these interesting people who are doing all this interesting work on the unconscious in a different way than I was trained to do yeah. the work on the unconscious. And I love Thank it. Thank you for your very thoughtful and thought-provoking questions. I had a lot of fun. Me too. All right. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.